0: Okay, now they've got to talk before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby, GA Star, Declan Kirby, GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Eason's and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below. And let's get straight into it welcome back to ga fan tv my name is aaron i'm delighted to be joined here by 11 time all Ireland winner with the cork ladies footballers uh brid stack um suppose first of all Brid. obviously we're running through the the two games obviously happening this weekend and the ladies football championship the two semi-finals how's things for yourself
1: good flying it now um yeah, enjoying enjoying watching the girls um at the moment um Thankfully, Cork's still in there um, at the moment. So hopefully, you know, this weekend goes well for them. Um, I suppose, I know there was the, the postponement of um, the lads semi-final this weekend, and that was announced. So I suppose um, there was, I suppose, thankfully for the Cork girls, you know, that they they get the chance to play in Crow Park for, you know, their semi-final as well, which was, um, I suppose, brilliant because they were probably themselves and me were probably at a disservice. Um, you know, seeing as how um Neo and Dublin are playing before the, the men's game on Saturday. So um yeah, look, thankfully, I suppose look, they're they're given that position and that opportunity. And um, you know, it's brilliant that all four teams get to experience Crow Park um before the final.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, definitely. I suppose, yeah, with the with the game obviously being cancelled and the fact that it's almost like a a standalone event with the the under 20 final as with well. That's 20s. happening. Yeah, like I think in, yeah, in some it's ways it's probably probably worked out for the best.
1: Yeah, it has worked out, but look, I suppose there's still the big elephant in the room. Had the match not been postponed, uh, Cork and, and Meat were still going to be going ahead in in tomb, which, you know, I felt and probably a lot of people felt was was a bizarre um location for, for Cork and Meath to play semi-finals. So um plenty of things still to be addressed, but look, for now we can just take what's what's at hand and uh thankfully, you know, the girls, as I said, are getting their opportunity to play in Cro Park on, on Sunday
0: absolutely yeah. with, like, with a bit of a
1: crowd as well which would be great and i know there's huge huge hype as well about the the under 20s and i think you know everyone is is really um intrigued by this athlete team as well you know so um i think it'll make for for a great day out as well you know
0: yeah absolutely well i think any team that kind of comes along and maybe kind of upsets the the the, the, kind of, the mill, yeah, yeah exactly like beating dublin and then beating cork i mean like yeah. especially when you see like how successful Dublin have been at senior level and then obviously, you know, Cork at under 20 level down the years have been brilliant. So I think we're awfully coming along. I think it's probably just, I think it's a new team. And I think in Gaelic football, ladies football, Camogie, hurling. I think that's what we all want to see is new teams come around. And I'm sure we'll get on to Mead in a moment, but they're a team in particular that's sort of, you know, come out of nowhere really, obviously winning the, the intermediate championship last year.
1: Yeah, big time. And... I suppose look, you have to give massive credit to me. They took um probably I think it was probably 2016, the end of 2016. Um, I know that there was um you know a big undertaking by their county board and the players involved, they weren't happy. I suppose look, it was, you know, the senior team wasn't going places. Um it was undeniable that they were, you know, probably at a loose end in terms of where they were in championship. I remember we played them in a qualifier in 2015 and you know, I think we beat them by something like 40 points, you know, which isn't good for anyone. It's not good for the game. And they asked to regrade at the end of 2016. Um, and look, obviously, that comes with massive opposition as well from older players that have probably been there a long time. So it was a very brave decision um, for me to do that. They, you know, put huge, and like all credit has to go to their county board as well, they put big emphasis on getting structures right, getting the right coaches in, getting GDOs into, into schools and communities and getting meat football back to where it should be. And um, look them now, they're really reaping the awards. They went through an intermediate and obviously it took their, you know, it took their, um, it took them a while to kind of get going in intermediate. They lost in All-Ireland. They came back and they won in All-Ireland. They are now after coming up um into senior rankings um and look at them already in their first year and their first year up senior they uh, like even up division so they were up division two they were playing division two they're after winning the division two final which means they're now playing division one football next year they're playing senior this year and they're now contesting in all ireland semi final so you know it's a real rags to riches story but like massive credit must be given to me and I suppose the you know putting the long plan in place and they're really reaping the rewards and, you know, all credit must go to them. It's a real, um, I suppose, motivation for what counties can do when they do things right.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Like, and definitely like, even from watching them in, in that game versus Armagh, like definitely, I think a lot of people probably had Armagh coming in as as favourites, obviously like with Amy Macken, probably one of the best footballers in, in the country, like, and from watching that game, like, I was definitely very impressed with them, like the way they moved the ball, the way they got forward and, like, getting, getting, you know, forward and, and even the likes of, you know, Vicky Wall and at different stages as well, Emma Duggan, like, they've definitely, like, looking like a very good team and without doubt, I'm sure they'll give uh, yourselves, Cork, a, a good run for the money at the weekend.
1: Yeah, big time and, like, I I was very, very impressed with them after the Armagh game, like, I suppose I watched the the Cork game and uh, probably had a, a couple of question marks about Cork after that meet game and um, I wasn't expecting me to come out with I suppose the ferocity that they did I wasn't expecting Cork to back off as much as they did but like you know all credit to meet they really you know put it up to Cork the last time they met in the group stages and um, you know like definitely ask Cork a couple of questions so I don't think we're in for an ambush at the weekend because I think Cork will definitely have learned a lot from that game but like you have to be impressed with meat and what they're bringing to the table. And, um, you know, they have a real system in place. Everyone is playing to it and they're not afraid to go at teams. They're not afraid to run through the middle. They're extremely fit. They're extremely fast. They're brilliant at crowding defenses. So like at the moment, they really are an informed team. And like, you know, it's very, very hard to stop momentum like that. And they're after really um, developing great momentum in the last couple of games. So, um, it'll be it'll be a cracking game, and I suppose of the two semi-finals, it's probably the one that I find a little bit harder to call, to be honest, because um, I suppose we saw what what they what they brought to Cork in the group stages. Both teams have learned a lot about each other in the last couple of games, um, and as I said, Meath are coming in with huge huge momentum. Cork, I f- I feel you know have have been very inconsistent in the last couple of games Um, I know they're carrying a couple of injuries as well so I would just be very wary, I suppose as a Cork supporter coming into coming into this semi-final but as I said it won't be an ambush because you know Cork are very very prepared for I suppose the threat that me pose
0: yeah absolutely like definitely could cause a number of problems I'd imagine for for Cork right, going into that game and just looking at the ladies football championship in general like what have you made of it so far this year, like obviously, it's definitely been fairly competitive. A lot of close games, like even, you know, watching a uh, Dublin against Toronto. I remember, I thought it was a very competitive game. Like definitely so far, anyways, it's been um, a very competitive championship so far, and, and definitely been very entertaining.
1: Yeah, it has, and um, I suppose you know, like you're when you look at the men's um, men's championship, and I suppose the fact that it's still gone back to the provincial setup, like the ladies, I suppose, um, structure definitely you know, ticks a lot of boxes in terms of um, competitiveness and um, probably like you say, you know, getting getting good entertainment and, and getting, um, I suppose, giving teams opportunities as well to to play um, teams from different provinces, obviously, and, and to get the ball rolling. But obviously you're curtailed then with um, ladies football having junior, intermediate and senior. So obviously the, the group structure is going to be a little small. So you know, there's only three teams per group. There was four in one one group, alright. But like, you know, can you just imagine that in the men's If there was, you know, if you, if you're looking at like, uh, two teams are two groups of 16. Like the amount of matches that that are there for taking, amount of you know, super combats that we could have. Like, so I definitely think the ladies have done it right in terms of structure. And obviously, you know, they're a bit curtailed um in terms of the numbers that are up in senior. But what has been on display this year, I suppose, is definitely. Um, has been entertaining and um, you know I suppose there's a couple of the groups obviously look you could call who's going to come out of it but there's been a good few ding dong you know double hit or um, I suppose second place battles which which have been great to see
0: yeah absolutely like and even what you were saying with the, the men's game like i definitely love for them to, to trial something like that at least for a year anyways and even run the the provincial championships off as a pre-season tournaments or something like that. because Like even when you, when when you've looked at the format, it's definitely been very successful over the past couple of years.
1: Very successful. And I think even the ladies this year, now granted look, it's uh, COVID is probably a different setup. So I know this year had an extra match that say last year didn't have. So like last year it was a straight semi-final, whereas this year they included a quarter final and kind of just extended it by that one game which has been great because you know it added a bit more drama to the championship and um, I know the there is an option for a provincial championship after the All-Ireland series has been played depending kind of I suppose on, on how counties are, are are lining up or how their county boards are I know a lot of clubs have been put on the long finger as well Um, you know so especially for the last four but there is that option to run the provincial championship afterwards and I suppose yeah, look, it doesn't have the same um, influence that it might have had in other years. But I definitely think the championship is all the better, um, you know, for the way it's structured at the moment.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. And I suppose looking at the dublin Mayo game, first of all, I suppose what have been your, your thoughts on Dublin over the or this year and over the past couple of years? Obviously, won the last four All-Irelands in a row. And I suppose from watching Dublin myself down the years, they always seemed like that team that just couldn't quite get over the line. And then eventually they did. And then obviously yourselves went back to, to dominate for a long period of time. And now it seems like it's it's Dublin's time to, to dominate uh, in the ladies scene. So what, what's what's been your thoughts on, on Dublin so far over this year and the past couple of years?
1: Yeah, I suppose look, even I suppose just going back to to when I kind of finished up, um, you know, we beat Dublin in three all earning finals there towards the end, um, you know, on 14, 15, and 16. And like if i like you couldn't but look at it from a dublin point of view and how much i suppose heart and experience and heart like i suppose mental toughness that those kind of three finals must do for a team like it has done for dublin and a lot of those girls are you know they're the the absolute bread and butter of this dublin team at the moment um so like mental toughness is only learned kind of on the field like that and you know these girls have it in spades now they don't panic they backed themselves to the hilt like the last day versus Donegal. They went down 1-2 within a matter of minutes and, you know, a lesser team might have panicked and started, you know, forcing passes and Dublin just, they just have that ability. They have that toughness now um, and they have a lot more skill as well, I suppose. Like even looking at the the way that they are now compared to maybe the, the, the team that they were when we were beating them, like they're just very more, they're very much more assured of their skill. Uh, and as I said, they're not afraid to, you know, to pull the trigger when needed and then obviously to to not panic and play the ball around and and hold on to possession. They're very comfortable on the ball, which is, I suppose, the, their key thing. Their skills are much more improved. And um biggest thing, I suppose, is their physicality. They have improved massively um, physically. So, like, I suppose, the team, you know, that we would have played in, in 2014, 15, 16, there was a lot of, I won't say, like, big girls, but, um, yeah, we'd find big backs in us. Anyway, there was a good shot of us that, um, I suppose, were, were – you know, taller, stronger girls, um, whereas now, like, you look at the Dublin team, and they are very, very physical, and they're not af- afraid to, you know, use their power against you, and they're, they have a good um, level of height as well, um, but it's that power, like, it's that uh, level of intensity that they play with, it's really, really impressive, and um, they just seem to seamlessly be able to, to introduce players, you know, like, the the new players there that have come in this year like you think player like Noel Healy Schnee Goldrick is out for them at the moment um you know um like they're they're able to transition players in like Hannah Terrell, Neve Hedderton um who are big physical players you know who are not a fit and not afraid to get stuck in and you know it all happens very very seamlessly for them um so they have that power but then they have the injection of skill and pace like we've all Connor. And um, you know Shvankelien, Eve Kane, all these sub impact subs that make massive difference when they come in. So, um, they're very, very impressive at the moment. And I suppose you couldn't really look past them at the weekend either versus Mayo.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I suppose like like what you were saying there, obviously conceding one two in the in the start of the game, and obviously Kira Trant made that big save as well, turned yep. onto the bar, preventing it from from being yep. two two. So. Like, can you even see, like, from, from winning six All All-Orlands in a row yourself, can you even see, like, that experience within the Dublin team? Because we've seen even with Meade against Armagh, maybe where Armagh panicked a little bit for 10 to 15 minutes, that like you could see Dublin did, did have that experience really just to kind of work themselves back into the game and, and be patient in the game.
1: Yeah. And Mick Bohan obviously has them very well drilled. Um, again, like that, they play to a system and they don't panic, they keep, you know, that system in place the whole time. And as well, Mick Bohan is very, very ruthless. He's not afraid to whip off players that have been there like five plus years. Like he's not afraid to do that. And I think everyone on the team knows that. So if you're not performing and if you're not ready to play with that intensity, you know, you're going to get the curly finger. So um, he definitely seems to have um, a good balance between, you know, obviously keeping players happy, keeping them on their toes. Um, and like, you just have to look at Carlo. Rowe. I think Carlo Rowe is probably the player that I feel has improved the most over the last couple of years. Like I remember Carlo. Rowe, when we were playing 2014, 15, 16, like I would have said she probably would have been um an, like an important player to them then. Um, But she would have been a lot slighter. She, you know, not that she would have questioned herself more, but she definitely probably doesn't have the same belief that she does now. She is such an assured player. I think she scored something like 2-3 of Mayo of um Dublin's two twelve the last day. Like that's phenomenal for a single player. And she's doing this time and time again. And she is just developing in confidence and she's a real like she's a real confidence player and she's a delight to watch at the moment anyway. She's um definitely a massive playmaker for Dublin. Herself and Lindsay Davy, I think, are the real orchestrators for that team and they do it at style.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was two three against against Donegal, like you were saying before, and I think she scored one one the the previous game as well Like so it's definitely Been a, a top class season So far for Carla Rowe No two ways about it Like what ways yeah. Could you see Dublin Maybe hurting Mayo in, in this game Like I was having a look At Mayo against Galway Like and I suppose they've improved As the season's gone on But you would have to imagine That Dublin are, are Certainly going into the game As, as favourites
1: Yeah I suppose Look Mayo have come up Against Kevin Monaghan And uh Armagh I think was In the group stages um, And like yeah, look grand. They suffered a, a nice old defeat to Armagh, but there was probably a good bit of shadow boxing going on there, you know, seeing as how both teams had kind of progressed. Um, but Mayo, to their credit, have definitely progressed as the year have gone on. They have grown into this championship. Um, like you have to remember, Mayo as well, have a bit of a new look team, they have a new management, and they're after getting, you know, a lot of players back where there was maybe a lot of hurt and a lot of and probably friendship fraught you know over the last couple of years so that won't be healed straight away and it'll take a year or two to develop as well as developing I suppose what type of game plan you want to play and I know pos- positional sense and that and that doesn't get that doesn't get sorted out in a, in a very quick year um, but look very glad to see them I suppose it probably took a, a conic derby for them to really spring to life and we saw them you know really take the game to Galway in the early stages. My one worry for Mayo was that they came up against the Galway side that were without two Leonard's and Murray Scheuge for most of that game. Um, Sinead Burke obviously retired, so um, Galway really came back at them in the second half when, you know, the, those three impact subs, you know, were introduced. Um, and I suppose, like, you know, had the game gone on, you could have seen, you know, Galway maybe pushing and pushing and pushing, but, you know, they didn't find their way through, and all credit to Mayo, they held tough at the very end. Um, and if Mayo are to kind of, I suppose, do any damage to Dublin, um, they really have to use um, what their advantages and their advantages, their speed. My my one worry would be that, like, so take, for example, like um, the, the Mayo midfield versus the Dublin midfield. You're talking about Niamh Kelly and Sinead Kafka coming up against uh, Lauren McGee and Jennifer Dunn. Like there's a massive difference there in physicality. And I just think, you know, if that's going to be your launch pad, which it was for Mayo versus Galway, Um, you know it's going to be a very very different game but um, look you just have to play to your strengths you have to play to your speed you have to try to avoid the tackle against a team as physical as Dublin Um, and look we'll see what Mayo can really bring to the table but I suppose for me I think there may be a couple of years maybe off where they need to be and like I said there's there's a lot of mending probably that had to be done in that first year and hopefully you know we'll see them progress from from this year on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the, the midfield battle is, is definitely going to be interesting, like what you said, because Sinead Kafferke, like scoring 1-2 in and, and yeah. that game against Galway, like I thought she was very impressive. And I suppose if she yeah, was to Sinead bring that Niamh...
1: same... Yeah, Sinead and Neve together, they're very similar in that they have massive speed and very, very attacking. Um, like Niamh would be a very natural forward um, as well. But I just think, you know, if you're talking about where, where the game starts, where it's created, where you know, where you win your first initial battle, I suppose. That would be my one concern for Mayo is in the strength and power um, series of the game. But look, you can avoid the tackle if you can move the ball quickly, which Mayo are capable of. You never know what could happen.
0: Absolutely. Like, and even like looking how, how Dublin were, I suppose, a little bit sluggish out of traps against Donegal and, and how fast Mayo started against Galway. Could you see even a situation maybe where Mayo maybe go, you know, start with a lead kind of similar to Donegal and, and maybe manage the game from there? Or, or could you see Dublin maybe like kind of learning their lesson, I suppose, from that uh, that Donegal game or the opening 10 minutes?
1: Yeah, I, I would imagine that Dublin have learned a lot. I know Mick was speaking afterwards about how, you know, the team were very sloppy and he wasn't very happy with, with um, you know, how they went to both the start of the game. So I can imagine that's something that he's definitely going to address. But in a field as big as Crow Park, you know, pace is everything. And if you can move the ball fast enough and avoid tackles, like I was saying, like it, it can be a very, very open game for you if you create it. Um, so, like I said, look, it's it's there for Mayo. They have absolutely nothing to lose. They're going in as underdogs, so you know they'll relish the challenge as well. Um, but I just think the experience and the power and the strength of of Dublin might be too much to to overcome on the day
0: yeah absolutely like so I suppose your prediction you're you're going with a, a Dublin victory to to see off the, the threat obviously in in this game
1: yeah I I would have to tip Dublin um but I would expect I would expect our Mayo especially look you're led by veterans like um Fiona McHale who has been there done that for many many years and she's you know back into to Mayo and I know she like relish playing with Mayo for many many years, and I know like player like her of her caliber and her kind of influence. You know they love the big day, and you know there's plenty of girls in that team that are very very um willing to I suppose step up to the plate. Um, but I just think it's a bridge too far at the moment for them. And uh, yeah, you'd have to tip Dublin.
0: Yeah, same as myself, I suppose as a as a Dublin man, I'm hoping for the double anyways, and hopefully it'll yeah. be a sign of good things to come. I know. Moving on from that, anyways, I suppose the the mead and cork game. Like what, what have been your thoughts so far on uh, on on Cork? Like obviously came past Mead, like we were saying earlier, then obviously, you know, Tipperary as well. And I suppose a controlled performance against Waterford, it wasn't brilliant, but I suppose it was enough to uh, to get the job done.
1: Yeah, and I do think look, Cork, um, look, they haven't been setting the world alight this championship, you know. Um I was very impressed with them, I suppose, during the league, and then obviously came up against Dublin in the league final. And, um, you know, just that power and pace, that assurance that Dublin had, you know, I just think, you know, Cork were, while they started really well, I just think they never had, you know, the match to Dublin and um, coming into the championship, I would have expected Cork to, I suppose, be really kind of um, setting down their mark, especially given the very quick turnaround after, um, after the league final. But, um, yeah, they've kind of, um, they've kind of, kind of, Fellow, not fellow over the line a couple of times, but I would have just expected a more complete performance, a more clinical performance by them, um, especially you know given given the group, um, but then I suppose look, there's there's a time for peaking, and you know Cork are due a big performance, they are due a mass performance, and I suppose the thing is, look, that they're not unfamiliar to Crow Park now, they're not unfamiliar to an All Ireland semi final, um, they're not meeting Dublin, and um, which they did, I suppose, um two years ago in an all-earns in the final so you know like i i would love to say that you know i i would love to see them put on a real complete performance i know that there's a, a couple of injury worries which i suppose would would worry me from a car perspective Um, i'm not sure that they have the depth that um say a team like dublin would have but i do think that like um their experience and i suppose what they have over the last couple of years um you know should should see them over the line but at the same time you know you look at Meats; they really are a team that are playing with absolute abandon um but you have to look at who they have played as well you know they they played against Tipperary and um I suppose there was you know uh, Tipperary probably were a team or a team that are really not playing to great form they've suffered um a good couple of of injury blows this year so um there was a period in that game where you know Meath kind of fell apart, small little bit. So you'd have to kind of question a few little things like that. They came up against Armagh, who probably are really, really reliant on two players, and Carolyn Hanlon and Amy Mackin, and one of those Carolyn Hanlon wasn't playing for the game. So you know you'd have to, all oh, like I suppose try to weigh it up and balance it up. And um, you know, I while I was really, really impressed with Meath, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself either in terms of kind of who they're coming up against because it's a, it is a big jump, and and championship is is a big step up now and this is an All-Ireland semi-final so um, you would like to think that Cork's experience I suppose at this level would see them through but you know I wouldn't be surprised if Meath got over the line either on Saturday so that's what I mean at start when it's a much much harder one to call than the Dublin-Mayo game
0: Yeah absolutely like and for Cork like we said there like with the experience in the team like do you think they're even coming in like coming into this game maybe a little bit under the radar in some ways I suppose in terms of the big picture of the All Ireland, because they have, as you said, like multiple All Ireland winners in the team. And they do they have been to All Ireland finals over the past couple of years. So they do seem to be coming into this under the radar. And certainly they do have a, a lot of experience that maybe Armad didn't have in the in the in the mid-game, in the last game.
1: Yeah, that's it. Like I suppose, and it's all over the field. Like, you know, you have Kira Sullivan, Roisin Feeling, Imer Skelly, Melissa Duggan, um, Orla Finn, and it's kind of spread out along their team. They probably are maybe a little bit more balanced team than say our Mara Tipperary would have been and, and definitely pose a lot more of a threat. So I suppose the one thing you would like to see is me sticking to their system and playing to their strengths, because that has been wonderful. You would hate to see them retract back to, I suppose, um, allowing Car- Cork advance on them. So um, I definitely think it's going to be a massive, massively competitive game. As I said, um, like Cork do need a mass performance. And I think, you know, if, if what I'm hearing about a couple of injury worries, I would be a bit worried in terms of kind of their, their depth going into this um, All-Ireland semi-final, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, like, how do you think even Cork will stop Mead's forward runs and, and directness, like we were saying before, with the likes of Nevo Sullivan and Vicky Wall and, and Emma Duggan? And even the fact that Mead, they get their cornerbacks forward quite a lot as well, and their wingbacks yeah. forward, like a very modern-day football team in, in many ways. And that will certainly be a big threat for, for Cork in this game.
1: Yeah, massive. And like they're they're physically stronger as well, and they're well able to carry ball, they're very comfortable on the ball. Um and like you say, I suppose they're very fit, very fast. They're well, well able to get back and flood um their defense as well as break at pace. And you know, when you have ball carriers like Vicky Wall and you know Emma Troy coming up front from cornerback, um it's a very, very um hard team to, to defend as well. Um and I kind of had said this as well before, um, I suppose Cork's last game. Um, versus, no, it wasn't versus, um, sorry, who was it against? No, no, it wasn't, sorry, it was against Watford, but basically I suppose I had questioned um, Cork's ability, I suppose, to, you know, win their own battles um, and kind of, I suppose, they were leading on a very high free count, um, a very high free count kind of up to, actually, sorry, it was the league final versus Dublin. That was my one concern in the build-up to the league final. Um, their free count was very, very high. And, you know, against a team like Dublin and Meath, in fairness, are very, very similar to Dublin in the way that they attack at at you. Um, You know, there has to be a lot more discipline on the ball. So hopefully Cork have learned that in the last couple of games. Um, And because that's what Meath are going to do, I would imagine. I would imagine that they're going to stick to their game plan and run at Cork as hard as they can. Um, And um, I suppose, yeah, like, it'll just be very interesting. I suppose as well, the big thing is the refereeing. Um, The refereeing is going to be a big issue um, as well at the weekend, I suppose was really heightened by Max Kern and McBohan after the the Donegal Dublin game. So I think refereeing is probably going to have a, a big impact as well on these two games. Um, in terms of will they be left go or will the amount of I suppose the free count was massive in the Donegal Dublin game and um you know there there was a lot of freeze but not a lot of action after it. You know, so like um sin bins in ladies football can cause massive massive disturbance and. Um, you know, imagine if Dublin get two sin bins or three sin bins. If Cork get a sin bin or two, Meath um, got a sin bin in their last game. You know, so they can completely change the game as well. So that will dictate a lot as well. If um, I suppose if there's consistency across the refereeing of both games as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Like it's definitely definitely one worth keeping an eye on, and especially Meath in in that Armagh performance. Like the the way we played, like they were saying. Um, and, and like the way they were running Armagh I thought was extremely impressive and I suppose for Armagh in general like just touching on them like did it surprise you a bit that they they, they were beaten as comfortably as they were by Maid, considering they were coming in as I suppose heavy favourites in, in that game
1: they were coming in as heavy favourites I suppose given their 2020 season um, and I suppose in the 2020 season they really came in as massive underdogs no one was expecting the performances that they put out in the 2020 season I suppose before that season Armagh, to be honest, would have seen as would have been seen as an average enough team. Um, but 2020 was a season that Armagh really sparked to life. So I think a lot of people were expecting a lot more from Armagh this season. And um, given you know how they turned out, uh, huge performances last year. So um, up to that point, I suppose in fairness, um, you would have tipped Armagh, They were um, they were going very well. Carolyn Hanlon is an absolutely huge loss to them. and um, she is a huge playmaker for that team and a huge leader and has been for 10 plus years on that Armagh team. So, you know, to lose someone of her calibre obviously is going to have a knock, be it, you know, psychological or otherwise, Um, it is going to be a knock for any team. So, um, like Armagh, would I have liked to have seen Armagh coming in against Cork? Um, probably would have for, for Cork's benefit. But like, I think a meet versus Cork game, whoever goes forward. And if it is Cork, I think the challenge of meet definitely will um, bring Cork on if they are to go into an all-earned final. And likewise, you know, you'd love to see Meath roll the dice against, you know, Dublin if Dublin get over Mayo. So, you know, it'll it'll make for a very, very intriguing all-earned final if, say, Dublin get through and, say, Meath come through on on this side, you know. So, um, yeah, like, I suppose we know what Cork and Dublin pose to each other, Um, whereas, you know, and, and not taking from Mayo, like, I just think maybe they're just maybe a year off it at the moment, a year or two off it. Um, but like, imagine the the threat that Meath could pose to Dublin. But I suppose you can't you can't test them until they're really tested versus a Cork team that's in real championship mode and semi final um and semi mode this this weekend.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Like, and that's what I was going to say next. Like, obviously, the possibility of an all Leinster final, Dublin and Meath, big rivals. Like, especially would it being in Crow Park? And imagine it would be a huge occasion, and definitely, you know, it would definitely be a spectacle and, and one worth watching
1: yeah definitely and look every i suppose you know in the men's and um, final and the hurling all you want is i suppose new teams coming to the fore and new teams trying to stake their claim and leave their legacy on uh, on the sport and i suppose meat and fairness to them like you have to credit them on the massive amount of work that they have put in and this is a long term goal with Meath, and they're a very young team at the moment so you can see this building for many many years to come but their momentum that they have come through with in the last two years has been phenomenal and a massive credit to them. And like, imagine coming up from winning an intermediate All Ireland. Imagine getting to an All Ireland final. Like it's the stuff of dreams. And I suppose taking on, um, say a team like Dublin potentially, who you know are at the peak of their powers. And like, like that, like you're going in as complete underdogs if it, if that was to happen. And like you say, an All Leinster and All Leinster Derby potentially. Like you know, so it it'd be great for the game like that. Um, I suppose I remember years before Dublin kind of came up to the fore like I think we played you know six different teams um in the build up to us um you know I suppose getting to Dublin and playing Dublin three years in a row we played six different teams and I suppose what it does to those counties is it really boost a county you know if you have the prospect of getting to an all-earner final and and being in the mix and um for contesting an all-earner final so um it would be great for the game as I said to have a new challenger so you know it's it's very exciting and and I think that's what makes this weekend and especially the Cork Mead game very exciting.
0: Hundred percent, yeah. Like, and who who are you backing then to to win the game? Are you going to stick with your native Cork, or do you think maybe Mead might uh you know might pull off the shock?
1: Yeah, sure, look, um, I suppose look as a Cork person, you'd love to see Cork progress. Um, so my one concern is like. I I don't know. Do Cork have the ability if they were to meet Dublin in All Ireland final? Do they have the ability to get over the line? Whereas I suppose Meath are an unknown, are an unknown, and I'm really intrigued by them. And like I said, if Meath were to to beat Cork at the weekend, it's not going to be an ambush because you know everyone has been looking at Meath, impressed by Meath this year, and looking to see you know what they're actually made of when when the chips are down. So this weekend is going to be massive for meat in terms of their progression going forward in the next couple of years and what they can build on. So yeah, look my, I suppose I would love to see car going going forward, but you know, I couldn't ride off meat and I wouldn't be surprised if there was um, you know, a bit of a, a shock that way at the weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll definitely definitely be one worth keeping an eye on. Just on a side note from that, who would you kind of look at as maybe been the, the ladies footballer of the year so far? Who's kind of stood out or been in the top three or kind of caught your eye so far as the, I suppose, a the, the player that could potentially go on and, and be the ladies footballer of the year?
1: Yeah, um, I suppose, yeah, you're looking at kind of the the top four at the moment. And um, like Amy Mackin was absolutely unbelievable last year. And like her displays were, absolutely top-notch and i suppose she carried that form into this year and you know some of her some of her abilities and her, and her skill that she put on show you know were brilliant for young boys and girls to see and to look up to and try to emulate and um, but this year i suppose you'd have to look at kind of the way that um um i suppose carol roe i think is going about her duties i think she's probably the most on-farm player at the moment and um, so she would probably be my tip for it but um, you know, I've, as I said, I was very, very impressed with some of the meat players um, as well. Like I think um, Vicky Wall is a very, very important person. Emma Troy is a very important person to that meat team. Um, like Emma Duggan has had a great game um, in the last game. But I think overall, I think the importance of carla Rowe to that Dublin team, she, um, you know, is kind of the bit of, she's a bit of a heartbeat of, of that team and she's um, selfless in her work rate. So um, she would probably be my tip for, for player of the year at the moment anyway.
0: 100% yeah definitely no I couldn't I uh, couldn't disagree with that I think they've all been fantastic so far and Vicky Wall in particular I thought it's been very impressive obviously intermediate footballer of the year last year and coming up to yeah. senior level as well like she's been a real leader I suppose in in that mid team this year
1: Yeah massively and like when the chips are down like even you know when I was talking about that kind of um that purple patch I suppose that Tipperary had during that um during the meat game you know who steps up only vicky wall to to score a goal and like she just seems to have that ability you know um time and time again to to pop up when needed and take on this blistering run and she just has that power speed strength to make something happen and, and create um opportunities for me so um as i said she's a really important player for them and uh, i i suppose i'd be really interested to see how Cork, um you know deal with her as well as you know, it's not just Vicky Wall. Like, they have a, a good couple of forwards to try to deal with there. Like, you were talking about Neva Sullivan, uh, Emma Duggan. Um, I suppose Stacey Ryan is very on farm as well for their for their free k- free taking. So, um, I suppose I'd love to see um, Roisin feeling on her. I think that could be a savage matchup. I'd love to see um, how those two um, weigh up against each other because, you know, they're two fierce competitors. So, that could be one to watch for the weekend.
0: Perfect, Brad. Well, look, listen, we'll wrap this up here anyways. I appreciate you coming on. And, um, yeah, appreciate your time.
1: Know about it. Thanks for